Welcome to Level With Us, the bonus-ode. We're releasing some unheard content from previous interviews to explore a topic more in-depth, look at it through a new lens, or different perspective. These shorter sodes will also give us the opportunity to answer any questions from listeners. So if you want to know more about a topic, or you just want us to look at a housing-related issue that we haven't yet covered, go to the Level With Us page on our website, homeportohio.org, and fill out the form. All right, let's get into it. Today we're back with Carly Boos, President and CEO of the Affordable Housing Alliance of Central Ohio, or AHACO, and we're learning more about the zoning code, the challenges Central Ohioans are facing regarding wages and housing affordability, and how some programs in Columbus have offered some potential solutions. People are coming to Columbus because of this reputation of affordability, of access to more, and that surge of interest and influx of people is directly affecting that outcome for people. Our population has always fluctuated and that's not just true for Central Ohio, it's true for the entire country. You have growth, you have decline, you have the baby boomers and a giant generation that pops up, you build an incredible amount of housing to meet that need, the generations shrink, you shrink your housing footprint, that's just part of what our history is and how we've always been able to deal with this. The challenge is right now, we're going through that expansion period, but our housing isn't keeping up. It is completely ahistoric. If you look back to the 1970s to the 1950s when we had these similar booms, our housing always kept pace, but now it's not. It's true, in 1950, Columbus's population was about 376,000. In 1960, 471,000. And by the time the U.S. Census was taken in 2020, that number had jumped over 905,000. Jobs have kept pace, but units of housing have not. According to a HACO study, Finding Home in the Heart of It All, home building would need to double to meet demand. And that's the equivalent of building one Westerville every year. So you talk about, well, what are those main problems? That's the core that you've got to get into. And academically, you can look at it from a bunch of different standpoints. We know, for instance, that land use laws are a huge challenge right now. A lot of the cities in central Ohio are working with zoning codes and land use regulations that were written in the 1960s or earlier, and they just aren't designed for our world anymore. They don't reflect what our needs are. They certainly don't reflect what our values are. And it's really inhibiting how we are able to create housing. And not only is it shrinking that aperture and making it so much smaller and and stopping us from just building housing, period, not even affordable housing, but housing, period. The process to navigate through all of those rules and all of that regulation and all of that bureaucracy, it takes a ton of time, takes a ton of manpower, it takes a ton of experts, all of those at costs. So now you're seeing fewer homes that cost a lot more. That's how you end up in this situation. We talked about the zoning code in episode one how it's outdated and designed with two goals of its time in mind, suburbanization and segregation. On top of this, the code standards don't consider specific neighborhood conditions or future housing needs, especially affordable housing, and do nothing to prioritize transit. And it's just generally too complicated. That's according to an outside assessment of the code by Lisa Wise Consulting of San Luis Obispo, California, cited in a dispatch article from 2021. Their assessment found that 80% of the targeted transportation corridors currently ban residential development, either totally or on the ground floor, and there's a current 35-foot height limitation and off-street parking requirements that make it really costly for developers. 
The city also relies too heavily on rezonings and variances, often for controversial projects that neighborhoods fight. Rezonings and variances require several layers of approval, and this takes more time and elevates building costs, all for residents to end up with developments that they don't even want. The city is working on a zoning code overhaul, but that will take years, and some residents express concern that it's going to create more pathways for outside developers to build in ways that don't align with what their neighborhoods need or want. The challenge is opening up the code to build more housing quickly and meet rising demand, while also encouraging responsible building. The short of it is we have a housing deficit. The Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission says we need to be building 14,000 homes every year to keep pace with the growth. But in 2023, we built fewer than 6,000. It's really easy to get head over heels and say, oh, we just need to build more housing. We do. That is absolutely true, but that is not the only truth that is out there. Because any house that I build is going to be more expensive than a minimum wage worker can earn. The wage gap is a well-documented issue that walks hand in hand with our housing crisis. It's why a whole generation of people consider themselves forever renters. They don't have the same buying power of previous generations. Minimum wage in Ohio is $10.10, but according to an analysis from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, that wage should be at least $16.32 for a single adult with no kids to be able to afford living in Franklin County. For two working adults raising two children, that jumps to $25.79 an hour each. The income required for a median-priced home is $81,000, and the average salary is less than $65,000. Carly's optimistic, though. She sees the zoning code overhaul and other city initiatives paving the way for a different story to play out in the years to come. Um, the city of Columbus has done fantastic things in this realm. Just in November, uh, the mayor, uh, Mayor Ginther, put up a $200 million bond initiative onto the ballot passed with a supermajority. It was fantastically well-supported. Um, and we're seeing the dividends from that kind of work come out where we are stabilizing housing and we are finding strategies that are successful. It's just time that we scale them and we move them not just inside the city of Columbus, but to the entire region as a whole. That $200 million bond initiative Carly is talking about would enable the city to continue to work with the Central Ohio Community Land Trust and other regional partners to increase affordable homeownership opportunities for middle-class families and people of color. $80 million would go for the construction of affordable rental units, $50 million to support affordable homeownership, $40 to preserve existing housing affordability, and $30 for programs and permanent housing for people and families experiencing homelessness. We've discussed the impact and importance of access to housing and how the lack of it can create a ripple effect of issues that limit a person's overall success and economic opportunities across a lifetime. But flipping that around and seeing what can come of solving this crisis is what Ahako's Finding Home report aims to do. And it aligns with programs that have already been piloted in Columbus. And I, like, I, I can't get over, we've talked about education and how education can really thrive when you stabilize housing. We've talked about economic growth. Another huge sector where that's absolutely true is the health and the well-being of our community and how we can extend the quality and the longevity of our lives by investing in housing and how we can. Uh, and I'm thinking now in particular of a program that's completely born here in Central Ohio called Healthy Beginnings at Home, where they found that children are significantly more likely to live to their first birthday that we can find ways to end infant mortality through housing. And 
not just that that life can take hold and life can prosper, but that the healthcare spendings associated with it, the hospital bills and the Medicaid bills and all of the money that goes into our healthcare system, we don't have to do all of that either. And these are resources that can be cycled back into our community. Healthy Beginnings at Home launched as a pilot program in 2020 to provide 100 unstably housed pregnant women with short-term rental assistance and other support and examine its impact on birth outcomes. Ohio ranks in the top 10 states with the highest infant mortality rates, and there are many contributing factors. One of them is access to stable housing, the lack of which is associated with lower birth weights, longer hospital stays, and increased necessity for neonatal intensive care. Of the 100 participants, 65 completed the 18-month baseline survey, so we really only have their data to rely on. But the differences between the birth outcomes for the intervention group, those who received rental assistance, and the control group were striking. Of the 38 women in the intervention group, all 38 had successful live births, and 33 were born full-term and had a healthy birth weight. There was one fetal death in the control group of 27 women, and 14 were born full-term and had a healthy birth weight. There are some facts to consider. Healthy Beginnings at Home had a small study size and ran for a short period of time during the pandemic. Families were facing extreme physical, emotional, and financial burdens exacerbated by the pandemic due to a lack of affordable housing and employment opportunities. And at the end of the study, many women were still struggling financially. In the study discussion, the author notes the need for more comprehensive action in future studies and interventions, ones that consider greater systemic issues like racism, the lack of a right to housing, low wages, gaps in healthcare, and more. But the author also acknowledges that without the program, almost all participants would not have achieved independent housing. And the birth outcomes alone demonstrated the importance of conducting it. A program, again, born here in Columbus, innovated here in Columbus, is called Resiliency Bridge. And what it does is it provides workers who are stuck in really low-paying jobs, those minimum wage positions, where they've got all the desire in the world to do more with their lives, but they don't have the grapple to get out. And we provide them free training in high-demand career fields, so like nursing, technology, and then we couple that training with affordable housing because those are intensive programs. And if you don't have a place to go home and study to, it's not gonna be successful. And if you're working three or four jobs and trying to go to school at night and trying to care for the kids just to make ends meet, it's not gonna be successful. And in the last year or so, we've graduated 55 households. We're on track to do so by the end of this month. Every single one of those households is now earning at least $20 an hour. So for a lot of those participants, we're seeing a tenfold in income in just a couple of months. And they're on track to earn six-figure a year jobs. Is it a little bit of an expensive program because we are providing housing for three or four or six months? Yeah. But the amount of money that those families are going to save by being able to get off of public benefits and not need to rely on the system, and the amount of grief that our community is going to save by having employees who are ready and willing to work in these super high-demand jobs, it's going to pay dividends for literally generations. Both of these programs have only completed pilot phases, but they demonstrate how access to housing can change lives and position individuals to start on a path toward generational success. And I think of the kid who's watching his mom go through that program, and that kid who may have only seen their parents struggle for their whole lives. And now you've got mom who's walking across the stage and becoming a nurse. And that kid is gonna be so activated to achieve so much in his own life. That's the intergenerational power of stabilizing someone's housing and helping them 
help themselves up. Level With Us is brought to you by Homeport and is recorded, mixed, and edited by Lauren Sega. All sources are in the show notes. Homeport creates strong communities by developing quality, affordable homes on a cornerstone of dignity, security, and opportunity. To learn more, or if you'd like to support our mission, visit us at homeportohio.org.